Hello, welcome to Masters of Banter. It is your host, John Michael Espino, with Mike Lake. What's good, what's good? And we are here. It is week eight again of Masters of Banter. We're going to discuss a few different topics. We're going to bounce around a little bit, and we're going to start off with, as always, it was another week of football. We're NFL week two. Mike, how, how was your team this week, man? Uh, we looked terrible, <laughs> as we usually do. <laughs> we got blown out of water by the Cardinals, man. Yeah, they say, uh, isn't it what they say? They're like, uh, don't ever trust in week one, because week two is a little is always sobering. I feel like a lot of teams that we thought were horrible played played better in week two. Teams that looked amazing yeah. didn't look so good this week. <laughs> yeah, there was a definite flip. I mean, it happened to a couple teams. The cards themselves didn't look good in week one, and they, they made us pay for it in week two. So uh, it's real interesting, man. The NFL is a lot of parody, and one good team could be awesome one week and show up the next week or vice versa. So. Yeah, I think not only was uh, the, the final of your game and um, the final of the, the San Diego Chargers game was a little bit of a surprise, like how well they played. Who they play? I forget. Um, the San Diego Chargers beat, I believe, the Jacksonville Jaguars pretty handily. And then um, the Atlanta Falcons beating the Raiders yeah. was pretty surprising. Mm-hmm. I don't mean, I'm not just sticking just in the, uh, the NFC South, but uh, <laughs> those are the games that kind of popped off to me because, you know, you, you went in thinking like how horrible these teams looked. And I think what you saw in week two was, especially with San Diego, was that they played Kansas City really well. Kansas City's yeah. a team that a lot of people think are going to be good. Kansas City came back and beat them, and people were like, oh, yeah, well, we knew San Diego was going to suck, so it makes they sense that KC came on there. And the, the thing is, maybe San Diego is better than we think think they are. San Diego's always low-key good in the season, though. They, then they just shit the bed in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's oh, right been their MO for a long time. time. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, what was one of the other games that was, like, on the on the top of my mind? I think one of the things that's deceiving was the Jets-Bills game. Like, it was kind of it was a fun game to watch. There was a lot of big plays. And, uh, you know, high-scoring affair. But I think you watched two really bad teams play each other. And then I think, sometimes, yeah, I think so sometimes you get lulled to sleep with that. Like, all these teams that are beating the Browns right now, I don't think we should. I don't know. Like, Philly. Everyone's high on Philly right now because of how good their rookie quarterback's doing. But they played the Browns and they played the Bears. Yeah. And I think that you need to, like, take a step back and, like, let's see how they play against a good team. It's, yeah. it's always a, a huge overreaction. Like, yeah, he's a rookie. Yeah, he's playing against a pro team. But it's the Browns. Yeah. I mean. He yeah, did what he had to do. They they mitigated his uh, playbook to the core plays, and he performed well. So good job for him, but let's really be real. I think my surprise of the week, though, was that the Seahawks only put up three points against the Rams. The Seahawks? That team that they, San Francisco put up 28. They're off. all injured up, though. I'm not surprised they didn't score. I, I had um, Russell Wilson in my fantasy team uh, as my QB2, and I didn't start him at all because that, that ankle injury, and then they were looking at a lot of uh, problems with their line. So. But the thing is with their offensive line, which is interesting, is that they always have problems at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And it's because, like, I've heard one of the things about their offensive line coach is he thinks that offensive line is coached horribly in college football. Mm-hmm. So he thinks that he can get pretty much anybody he wants that he sees natural raw talent out of and make a better lineman than They're offensive linemen come good. out of, yeah. you know, than the highly touted offensive linemen. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing because they've obviously done well. They have a lot of good tackles. They've had a lot of good guards. They've done well running the ball over the last four or five years. The thing is that never starts like quickly. Like you, no. you're going to have like the first six weeks of the there's season. Be some growing pains. Yeah, there's definitely some growing pains, but I kind of see the same thing that's going to happen with them is that they're going to peak later in the season, which is, I mean, there's nothing wrong with going under the radar. No, no, because everyone's gunning for the Philly team now. Yeah, yeah. That, because I mean, people are. Gonna, I think they play the Steelers this week. Oh yeah, and they're going to be coming for him <laughs> because I mean, he's picking himself up a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because the Philly line isn't that good either. They're no. just, like I said, they just play two crappy teams. So. Yeah. What is going on with this song? <laughs> and then the most, un- I think the most unpredict or the most unsurprising thing was Mike Colts losing on a, basically the no, game turned that, on a pick six we by Andrew that last Luck. Week. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's just how our season goes. I feel like Andrew Luck. Um, I'm surprised it wasn't worse than it was. Dude. Though. Yeah. Well, we, we, we <laughs> held the, our own for surprise. a little, we held our own for a little while. The craziest thing was we had a pick six and a guy caught a cramp and fell. Yeah. Like pick six, he's gone, caught a cramp, and I was like, "This is the cold season." <laughs> you have the opportunity to score yeah. a touchdown, and story we don't fumble out of bounds. We don't drop it on the one. Mm-hmm. We just fall in the middle of the field. <laughs> just, just like, seizes his leg seizes champs. up in the middle of the run. I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, are you serious?" Couldn't believe it. And the thing with the Colts is I think that that's going to be a lot of our season is going to be we're good enough to compete for, I think, the first three quarters of games. 
and then teams are just going to – we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot yeah. because I don't think we have enough depth to last with teams, so I think we have to do things out of desperation or we have to rely on unusual means to win yeah. games. Random plays, yeah. breakout plays, not nothing, ain't nothing dependable. Like, yeah. oh, we're running the game. Yeah, if we're in a, the ball if we're in a game with a good team and there's no turnovers, no special teams points, or no defensive points, I think we lose by two touchdowns. <laughs> like if we play a good team, I think if we play straight up, straight up football, I don't think we can win. I don't think we can make. I don't think we can put together 12, 15 pay, play drives and win. One of them might be because our offensive line's bad. Mm-hmm. But one thing I think that a lot of people are noticing about Andrew Luck right now is that he holds the ball too long. Yeah. And that could be something that, that, I mean, could, that lead, if you have a bad offensive line, you can't hold the ball for no, long. No, those two things don't go together. Yeah. Those two lead to a short life in the NFL. Yeah, especially when, you know, your offensive line is regarded as not being very good. Like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers can hold the ball for a long time. Yeah, because scramble he's, around. He's yeah. normally had a good offensive mm-hmm. line, and, and he scrambles. I would say he scrambles to throw. A lot better than Andrew Luck. Yeah. Andrew Luck, when he scrambles, it's to run because he has it's desperation. to. desperation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. I think Andrew Luck would rather, instead of rolling out, he would rather sit in the pocket yeah, and pocket throw. Pass. But he is athletic enough to to do the rollouts and stuff like that. It's going to be an interesting season for y'all. Definitely for us. We're a young team, so we have a lot of things to figure out. Did Doug he, Martin get hurt last week, too? He did. He's out for three to four weeks, I think they said. Uh, hamstring. Man. Very unfortunate. Yeah, which is just a, <laughs> I think that's one of the, one of the biggest things for week two is we saw a lot of people get injured. Tons Danny Woodhead, injuries. Dun, oh Danny God. Woodhead went down out for the season. Out for the season, you had um, he was in my fantasy PPR league. Yep, you had Doug Martin <laughs> go down. You had um, who else? How about it? the Patriots backup? Quarterback. Oh, backup quarterback. What's crazy is they're saying that he did, he didn't break his collarbone. He hurt it. He was lucky not to break it. But hmm. he like got a deep bruise on it or something like that, and my, I you think man, he'll play? They're saying it, it's a possibility, and I don't know. I, it looked to me like I didn't think he broke his collarbone. I thought he separated his shoulder the way he landed. The, and the, the way slid down. Yeah, it looked like. Uh, then was it Luck who did that a, a season or two ago? Landed the, the same exact way. No, that was Romo. That is, that's right. It's it Romo. Romo, and he broke his collarbone. Romo does it every season though. It's <laughs> I think he like likes being injured. It's like I'm an NFL quarterback. I just don't have to play. Yeah. I mean, well, the, the the nicest job in the world is being the uh, backup, the NFL backup quarterback. <laughs> like Matt Hasselbeck played like Get six years shot. after he was no longer a serviceable NFL quarterback. <laughs> there's a, there's a ton. I'm looking at the list here. Um, Arian Foster, Doug Baldwin, and yeah, Seahawks. but Arian Foster, I feel like his hamstring is on layaway every season, so it's just like, like eventually it's gonna everything below his waist is because it's a knee or something. Something's always going wrong with something in his legs. Like uh, someone tweeted, if Arian Foster was played on hamstring injuries, he'd be a multimillionaire <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at this point. I just got an update. Moncrief is out for the Saints, which. Um, it, it's, yeah, it kind of sucks. They they're losing their weapons that they already don't have. Yeah, you know what? Uh, but Monty Jones was going off. But Monty Jones was going off on how the Colts have a lot of weapons, and he doesn't understand how Andrew Luck, you know, can't like he can't well. use that as a cop out. And I don't agree with that. Now, I do think Dwayne. Oh, I think Dwayne Allen is a is a good tight end. I think he's mm-hmm. actually a really good tight end. I don't think we run an offense that I don't think our offensive system naturally works to exploit our talent. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of five foot. 10 to 6 foot tall really fast receivers and by 5 foot 10 to 6 foot I mean 5 foot 8 to 5 <laughs> foot 10 but we have a lot of shorter really fast receivers and we run a lot of deep ball routes yeah. and not a lot and then not a lot of like bubble screens not a lot of slants not a lot of things that I feel like is advantageous for a receiver like that because you can't throw jump balls with those guys. No. So so I they'll lose. While I feel like we do have a lot of talent, I feel like all of our receivers are the same receiver. T. Y. Hill, Mon, copy and paste. Yeah, yeah. I in the Dorset from Miami, they're all the same receiver. So for me, I like the teams that are kind of built like the Cardinals, where they have mm-hmm. you know two big receivers and then they have a slot receiver. How the um, Patriots were with Randy Moss, Wes Welker, and you know with Gronk. Yeah, they're different sizes, different capabilities. You can manipulate defenses with that. Manip- like they have to worry about the jump ball on one side, they have to worry about the slot, and then if you put them on the same side, it's confusing for defense and what they can guard. Yeah, it also creates a situation where you're, you're with your team because they're all similar receivers. Situationally, you can't go into a situation and go to that guy. There's no go-to guy. Yeah, they're all burners. Okay, cool, but defenders can defend that. Yeah. You can play prevent defense or double up or uh, bracket yeah. bracket them. Whatever you got to do to stop them. Uh, if you had possession receiver like a um, what's old boy that just torched us, torched the Bucks with the Dreads. Oh, uh, 
Larry Fitzgerald. Larry yeah, Fitzgerald. If you have a Fitzgerald, you, like you said, you can run bubble screens, hitches, um, outs, toss it up. You can yeah. run a fade routes, toss it up. He also got one of those like stereotypical uh, Carson Palmer nights, though. Carson yeah. Palmer has the talent to be an MVP quarterback for a season. He just <laughs> never puts it together game to game. So it was like, all right, well, he laid an egg last last game. This yeah. is his game where he's going to come like his come up. Yeah, he can't string them together consistently, but no. every other game he'll break one out. 100%. But what I was saying about you guys is situationally. So if you get into a situation where you're leading and now you have to run the ball to run the clock out, y'all don't have the ability to do no. that. So you continue to have to throw the ball. Yeah, stop. We have forty eight year old Frank Gore. Yeah, trying to run the ball. No, in an offensive he line, he made a hell of a play this week though. Yeah, well, with his old ass. Yeah, <laughs> uh, tip tiptoeing on that line to yeah. get that touchdown. That was nice. Yeah, I mean, like. Like I said, he's just an older running back, so he can't yeah. do that. He can't be relied on. Like I think everyone else that uses a plus thirty-two year old running back uses them supplementally with a runner, a younger hey, running back. But we can't draft Vikings. running back, huh? Except for the Vikes. Yeah, like, but AJ Peterson's old. thirty-one. He's not thirty-two yet. That's old for a running back. But also, he's That's, not. He's not the. He's Adrian at the top Peters, of the road Peterson <laughs> isn't built like every other running back. I mean. No. He, He's built like a cyborg. They said when he hurt his knee like a few years back that it looked like the inside of a baby's knee. It had no damage to any of the cartilage. Like his cartilage was like perfect. Really? So like they're like, oh, he'll be able to come back really quick from this. As and he bounced to, right back. Yeah, so he had never been like nicked or anything like that, which makes sense because like he was injured most of his college career by breaking his collarbone or like doing something crazy. So save upper body. Save the miles. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Uh, while we're talking about him, he's a major injury. Uh, oh, they just announced. Uh, right after the quarterback played well. <laughs> like the, yeah, Bradford it, showed it, up. It looked for a second like, wow, they actually did this correctly. Like one of those random trades yeah. where you give a, where you a first round this pick. This is the piece. Yeah, like this is it. It's working. <laughs> we Bam. finished it. All right, we got to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next year's first round, trade it. And running backs yes, are as a wide, um, as deep commodity availability wise. Like yeah. there's not a lot of running backs just sitting around. I think they do have a good running, a serviceable backup though. I think he played a little bit last season when AP was injured with like an ankle. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty sure that they, they have a good backup, but luckily Adrian Peterson didn't, I don't, I, he tore his meniscus. Yeah. But I think a meniscus is one of those things where it's like four to six weeks. It's not one of those tendons where you're done for a season. No, no, you're right. They, they did announce um, four to six weeks. He's getting surgery to have it repaired. I think there's some tears on meniscus. They can't even fix with surgery. The doctors were talking about that. They would just do like a, uh, they would take a piece of it out and then allow it to just kind of self heal or heal the two separate pieces or whatever. Yeah. Um, but his his particular one, they call like it a gecko. They call it a bucket tear. A bucket what? Is, a bucket tear. Basically, his his MCL flipped over to the other side. Mm-hmm. So they had to take it and set it right, and then they're going to do surgery to repair whatever tear or stretch it had. It sounds disgusting. It was a non non contact injury too. Yeah, he, well, kind of. The guy came down, twist like his ankle was planted, mm-hmm. and his knee kind of. Dude, those are the worst injuries. Too. Yeah. You see him every week where someone falls on someone's legs, yeah. and then they get like bent back over, yep. and like you saw it happen with Brandon Marshall on that Thursday there was night game when his happened. knees went together, mm. and he folded, and then he just got back up and ran because I think he has like robot <laughs> knees or something. Fucking uh, really adrenaline. Yeah. Oh man, I was close. Dude, your legs <laughs> hanging off. <laughs> how, do my, of how do my legs look, bud? <laughs> you don't have legs. Why? They're so cold. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, there's a lot of injuries. We talked about this a couple weeks back with, with people um, stacking weight on a frame that can't handle it and trying to be bulkier, bigger, faster, stronger, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. And, and the bones and, and ligaments just can't handle that shit. Yeah. Uh, also, you got big, large people fall. Like, defensive linemen can run four fives and they're chasing these backs down and. Dragging them down like with their weight, yes, like, in a weird awkward that, way. Yeah, that that like falling on people and stuff like yeah. that. I'm gang tackling, dude. I feel Ugh. like we we put the horse collar rule in to avoid some injuries, and then we like the scapegoat of all right. Well, don't grab the, the inside of the pads. Is they're grabbing like the outside just yeah, falling? Same thing. And yeah. it, it's it's kind of it is kind of it's the same an outside thing. horse collar. Whereas horse collars were like, bad though. Huh? Oh yeah, those were terrible. Yeah. And you still I, see people face mask the shit out of people every once in a while. <laughs> you gotta just, get yeah, just every now and then. Every now and then. What do you think about um, upcoming? And I know we're talk, we're talking about week two, week three. This matchup, and I don't want to get too deep into week three. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'd rather do a recap than predictive situation. Um, but Josh Norman and um, Odell Beckham face each other again. Dude, I think they got bigger things to worry about. I think. The, think? The, I think the Giants have three receivers that. I think right now Odell, Odell Beckham, Beckham o- Odell Cruz. Beckham's 
and uh, Sterling Shepard. Okay, Sterling yeah, Shepard's yeah. been killing it too. I think that Washington has a lot to worry about because slow, uh, slow Dante Hall is going to have to cover one of these guys. And I don't know if you've watched what Dante Hall's been doing, but I think uh-huh. I could run a faster forty than Dante Hall right now <laughs> because there he's getting burned all over the place. Torch session. He's getting burned, and Jeez. so Josh Norman, while he might be able to lock down at one time or another because he's only on one side of the field, Cruz, Sterling Shepard, or Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. you then have which I don't think he can lock down Beckham. He can lock down Cruz because Cruz isn't necessarily as quick as Beckham is. Cruz is more like their possession receiver I yeah, think, yeah. right now, but. If he's on, but he if he's on one guy, there's two other people that are running around. You got to rely on very subpar secondary people to cover him. So what do you think in zone play? Yeah, well, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna try to do zone. But Odell Beckham, they like can torch him easily. If we're if we're frank, like uh, Josh Norman is a cover two corner. Mm -hmm. He's a cover two corner. He plays really well with his face towards the quarterback. Yeah. And right now in Washington, they are playing a lot of cover three. Mm-hmm. They're saying lockdown and asking him to be Richard Sherman, and he is not Richard Sherman. He's not Joe Hayden. He's mm-hmm. not Patrick Peterson. He is. He, he is a better. <laughs> I would say he is a better at coverage, not as good at tackling version of Rondé Barber. I can and see that. Yeah. He and, and he's getting exploited. That's why he's gotten lit up the last couple of weeks. He did really well, I think, against the Cowboys. But the week before that, I feel like he kind of got. Took yeah, it's gonna be an interesting game. I don't think they're gonna get into the whole fight fest. Like they did last time. No, and also the the uh, Redskins aren't. It'd be better for they're not soloing them up. They're not making them chase people around the field. Yeah. They're gonna have them on his side, like you said, cover three. It would be better for him if they did because that helped throw Odell Beckham off the game. I think if that wouldn't have happened, I think it would have been even worse for oh, Josh yeah. Norman because he had a couple that he dropped. That just were, being distracted. Yeah, just being because <laughs> people get in your head. You know, that's what happened. He really got in his head, and Odell fought back, which receivers don't normally do because they're yeah. divas. But um, that was interesting, man. I, I enjoyed it. The NFL made like a whole big old oh, dude, it was huge. like it was two women fighting on a field or something, <laughs> like, like it was domestic violence. I don't know. Like, I've seen Odell Beckham dance. It's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching that one. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, other than that, um, the 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 games that I'm excited for, I think I think it's always fun whenever the whenever any team goes on Monday night to the Saints Stadium. The, mm-hmm. The Metro don't actually they have a horrible record and there the, right now. It's a divisional game, so it's gonna be good. Yeah, I, the NFC South stay strong. Uh, Broncos Bengals looks like a good game. I'm trying to look through the other ones that look like they're they're gonna be good matches. Oh, Thursday night Patriots ta- Patriots and Texans. That'll be good too. Another, I hope another I hope Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play because he if he's if he is playing injured that is the worst defense to play injured against right now because they got two people coming off the edge they got Clowney they got Watt they right. got Will Fork in the middle it could get bad yeah, if he's not hurt hurt he could end this game hurt hurt it, if, he same does, token, if he plays you don't really want Brissett to play there that's you don't want that to be his first start like true <laughs> I say throw him to the Wolves. throw him to the Wolves. he's a rookie throw him to the Wolves. rookie never played a game before you mentally he'll forget about it. Hopefully. That's a, he will. It's a, it's a rookie game. He had four know, days man. notice. This happened Sunday. Get they had to soul, play Thursday. Get your soul snatched like Kobe. <laughs> you never know what happen. Oh, man. Week three does look kind of interesting. A lot of they, they switched it back to the divisional games. Um, that Thursday game is going to be good. Patriots, Texans. Besides uh, the NFL, though, that, we were, that we're talking about right now, there was one major thing in college football that we wanted to discuss. Uh, Don and Claude, if you're listening, please uh, skip over this segment. But we're going to talk about the absolute <laughs> embarrassment Love that it. Florida State went through of, against Louisville, and I, I don't know, I don't know if that's something like. So they're talking about like st- like statistically, FSU's not out of the college football final. No, they but take if a you loss lose sixty three to twenty, do you think? And there's another team that has a loss that was like. Excuse me. Lost by a field goal or by one touchdown or maybe even by ten points. Do you not pick them over FSU who lost by forty? Unless they have a completely weak um, strength of schedule, you gotta pick them after torching the nose. Whoever that other team. No, no, is, not Louisville. Have... I'm talking about FSU. Say, F- say well, Louisville. I'm saying say that's what I'm saying. Strength of schedule still plays here. Mm-hmm. If you have uh, FSU with the one loss, and then you have the other team with, let's say LSU. Yeah, LSU. Yeah, LSU, no losses or Ooh, even very close loss. Yeah, they have that loss against Wisconsin. So, how are the strength of schedules? Is what I was saying. Yeah. Uh, unless Louisville, uh, not Louisville, LSU's strength of schedule is completely weak compared to FSU's. You got to pick LSU because that. I mean, it wasn't. What's well, going to be interesting to see how Louisville plays in the next couple of games because I think Louisville plays Houston. I know they play Clemson, um, not this week, but the next one. So, I mean, they're going to get competition where they're going mm-hmm. to play other people. Um, 
I don't know if you can. I, I mean, mentally, I know Jimbo Fisher's going to have the boys right. <laughs> They're going to take it out on USF. I warn you right now, as someone who went to USF, please have your chin straps strapped because if there's one team that's going to be motivated, I'm a, I'm a Miami fan. I did not want this to happen. I watched it. I looked at the game. I turned it. I looked back and I went, "Oh no, this isn't good." Because as a Miami fan, I even said this in the chat. I do. I did not want FSU to lose. I did not. I wanted FSU to come into the game against Miami undefeated because there is more of a likelihood for us to beat them if they're not pissed off okay. you get embarrassed you, get, yeah, like you get embarrassed there is such a better instead of you know when people are confident when they think that they can't be beaten or when they feel like no one can touch them there is more of a more of a chance of beating them at, when yeah. they've been embarrassed and of then course. they come back that next week and just just come to shellac someone and we play them <laughs> in two weeks so i'm hoping they get all their anger against out against fsu Pre- score prediction Against F- against USF, USF no USF's been playing <laughs> USF's been playing really well lately. I don't think they have the talent to necessarily contend. I think it's a like a a forty nine to seventeen or forty nine to twenty four. Okay. Like USF scores some touchdowns, but I think FSU just runs away with it. Second out half. the gate, out the gate. Oh really? No, out, out the gate. The gate. Huh. I think it's like slop touchdowns at the end and. Probably, you know, they get touchdowns on the board, but it's because they're probably playing second strings. I don't watch a lot of college, but I think just the sheer number of Noel alumni in our group, yeah. I always end up watching them uh, when they play USF. Also, when they play Miami, mm-hmm. I always end up watching both of those games just because yeah. all of y'all do. So, yeah. it something's got to be said about that defense. I mean, oh, they Noel F- defense? Yeah, they, no, no, I mean uh, L- Louisville's defense. They held FSU. FSU scored tw- twenty. 10, yeah, twenty points, but ten were scored in like the last five minutes of the fourth time. quarter. They held them to 10 points most of that game. And Dalvin Cook to like 54 yards rushing, which is insane to me. I didn't think anyone could stop Dalvin Cook for rushing for at least What do you yards. think the biggest reason for the blowout was? Um, FSU not playing to their talent level. Uh, Louisville just really being that good of a team. Offense, defense. But I didn't watch the game, so I, I don't know. So there were a couple of touchdowns that were like, oh, come on. Like the one where the guy caught the ball with his knees. That, were kind of, that was kind of I, ridiculous. I saw that. I saw that, that That's one of those where like <laughs> the defender's right there. They have the chance to make the play, and he scored, and yeah. he gets a big play. The other one, I don't think they've played a quarterback like that before. Like Deshaun Watson's the, the kick closest. Can run, right? Yeah, Deshaun Watson's the closest that someone has come to that. But Deshaun Watson's not as fast as that kid. Like uh, that, he so he, he just put the, him did on that second gear plays when he. Feet? Well, it's kind of like Dalvin Cook. Whenever you get an open lane, you you can't let him get an open lane because you're not going to be able to like close it, mm-hmm. close it off on an angle. And Deshaun Watson's very quick, and he's a great runner. He does not have that second gear like he had when he got in the open field. It was almost like a foregone conclusion. Hey, he's getting to the end zone. Really? And, and you would think with a defense that fast, they were cut, like cut him off. Why weren't they spying just, him? Huh? Why weren't they spying him? I don't think they had anyone on the field that could, could, like, stick, could with him? stick with him that would yeah. be able to spy him. And that but was, at least a spy there kind of yeah. And he's little, big. too. They didn't yeah. get a chance to hit him. That's my only thing that I worry about with Louisville. That kid ain't big. He's, he's, a, like, he's a RG3? He, I think he's smaller than RG3, like <laughs> oh, weight-wise. He might be taller, but RG3 weighed more than this kid. I mean, he gets hit one good time. He does a little spin somersault arm, thing. Arm fall off. Yeah, he plays Alabama, and they put they put a hat on him. He's Louisville's ACC? Yeah, ACC. Okay. Actually, they might be AAC. I think they're ACC, though. I'm pretty, Yeah, I think they're ACC. It's going to be an interesting season yeah. come uh, ACC championship time. And Clemson looked good against South Carolina State, but I don't – I mean, that's their, that's their only test for me. And uh, just to give you uh, Louisville's next three games, Marshall, Clemson, and Duke. Yep. So you're right. (laughs) After that, though, they got NC State, Virginia. They don't play Miami. Miami gets away from Clemson and Louisville this year. We have to play. I think we go – I think we have a bye this week in Florida State, which is kind of good. Who you got? Miami. I got to ride with Miami. I got to ride with Miami. (laughs) It'll be me and Dante. Obviously, I'm asking bias aside who you you really got. I – I'm telling Still you, man, Miami. after the win against Appalachian State, and I know it's Appalachian State, but the way we won it and the the way we're running the ball, if Kaya can stay healthy and we don't sustain injuries in the secondary, I think we can win that game. Okay. I think I think we can win it. I think it's going to be like a lot of Florida State games. If we get a lead in the first half, it's holding on to it. And in, that's that's me. Key is, key is stopping Dalvin Cook. You stop Dalvin Cook from running. And I feel like you can stop you that shut offense. The whole offense down. Yeah, but it's so hard to stop him because he's so fast. If he gets a single lane, if he gets like a sliver, he's out of he's there. gone. He's gone. He's out the gate. No one's gonna catch him. That will be week what? That's in two weeks. Yeah, it's in two weeks. Ooh. October eighth. Yeah, better get ready. We gotta get one of the uh, old alumni on here to talk shit with you. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Let's it won't really be hard. Get the I'm sure it won't popping. be hard. <laughs> 
get clawed but, out the house. But other than that, man, I know you. Uh, what, what, is there any other college football games you want to talk about? No, like I said, I didn't catch any. I, I work on Saturday, so I didn't catch anything. I didn't watch any highlights. Yeah. So other than that, I know we wanted to chat about the Emmys. Emmys, uh, it's a season. Season. Yeah, just kind of want to do like one of those. Ki- We're not going to go through every single Emmy no. award, but kind of just you, go over the ones. You Google that, the list. You want to yeah. see the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> the ones that stuck out to me: Game of Thrones cleaning up. Yeah. Obviously, this is like their second year doing that, right? Like just cleaning yeah. Up I think the they somebody it, quoted them as having the second most awards all time, mm. most for a TV a drama series, not yep. comedy. Uh, SNL has the most. I, that's amazing to me, and, I, and it shows in the show the work that they put in. But uh, both of uh, both of our favorite episodes of the whole show, I, I'm predicting for you, episode nine, Battle of the Bastards, dude. Whew. Probably one of the best. Like you know what sucks for the rest of TV is even Mr. Robot. I love the show Mr. Robot. I have other favorite shows that have come out since the end of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones last season was so good. Yeah. Nothing has lived up to the hype that I feel like I expect after what Game of Thrones did. You the think? Battle of the Bastards episode and the episode after that was such a, yes, we got everything we wanted. Yes, I cannot wait to get more. That I'm hoping for Mr. Robot. I'm just like, oh, this is great. This is fun. It's not <laughs> Game of Thrones. It's not, it's, it's not. It's not the same. Like, like blood rushing to your head whenever you thought Jon Snow might get buried I, and trampled bro, under people. Bro, when he stopped breathing, I was holding my breath. I just, that was an amazing scene. They put you put in you right such there. a position. Yeah, it, and not only was it great script work, great filming, cinematography, all of that was dope, but the, the um, just the, the creation of that moment and the, and the put you in it, the, the, the cinematography, really, under the pile with him, watching more feet trample down and listening to him take those sickening gasping breath yeah amazing let's not get harped down on that but um yeah game of thrones clean up I, I one thing i noticed from this uh from what i'm looking at the awards is this was like a year where you can see your first i feel like first pronounced steps of streaming television starting to get some awards they're, they're not being that. disrespected as yeah. um like redheaded stepchildren they're, they're being included in yeah. the television realm and i think you're even starting to see certain people look at tv shows that like mr robot like other uh big network tv shows and saying hey this is a good show it's got so much in it it might be better if it was streaming so you weren't waiting week to week where you could yeah. follow the story along quicker because with a weekend between mr robot there's some stuff you can miss some stuff you can forget and uh, i think people are looking at streaming and kind of saying like oh man this might be it for some shows a better platform for watching them it, it is it's, it's an interesting thought process i guess it depends on the person and the amount of time you have um, i do enjoy taking all the shows in a row boom 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 like you said because you you don't you don't have time to forget stuff mm-hmm. it's all right there little tiny nuances that they're putting in these shows uh, almost Sometimes you get lucky. Like, I got lucky with Lost that I didn't watch it while it was out. Mm-hmm. I did binge watch the whole thing, and it was amazing to me. So, I'm sure other people were like, well, eh, you know, so we might have gave up on some season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas I caught it all right back to back. Um, Netflix gives you all the shows right away. And most shows that I watch on Netflix, you too, mm-hmm. which is as soon as you do episode one, all the way to 13. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the idea of streaming everything. I wish TV had the option. Um, I know they have to do the whole advertisers and all that stuff, but there's a way that that you can get your advertisers in while you still stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of those of those types of shows, which ones won awards? Uh, Aziz Ansari won for him and his uh, him and his partner for Masters of None. Yeah. They won uh, writing for comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Transparent won. Uh, what about uh, Transparent? The one where the dad is transgendered. Oh, I never that, heard. Of yeah, it. that one. Um, yeah, see, they got think the, we had. Um, Direct directing for a comedy series. Yep, yep, yep. I, one one show I was really happy that they won something was uh, the Night Live. Manager. Oh, no, <laughs> <not> Grease Live. <laughs> the Night Manager. That was a really good limited series. I didn't check it out. Yeah, it's it's got the guy uh, Loki from Avengers in it. Hiddleston. And, uh, yeah, Hiddleston. He's in oh, it. that's the one with House. Yep. I wanted to watch that. I it's just a, did. It was a really good like, yes, limited he'll, he'll forever yeah. be House. You could definitely <laughs> tell though that this was another step in the direction of like. Uh, BBC America style shows uh-huh. you know it was definitely if you watch it and you've watched Luther or you've seen aren't they both uh, British? Holmes yeah both of them are British okay. I, but were it was they on in, AMC were they speaking in a British th- yeah. accent I think I think almost everyone on that show did <laughs> <laughs> I gotta check that out I definitely what channel did it come on or what, what uh, network 
uh, it came on uh, AMC. Okay. Yeah. Uh, somehow I just completely missed it. Also, you know, we talk about Mr. Robot that won uh, Best Actor in the Drama, Drama Remy Malik. Yeah. We also saw other FX shows win. We saw People uh, versus I mean, we saw OJ. USA. F- yeah, People versus oh, OJ. Oh, God, they cleaned up. Yeah, this is, I think this is one of those things where you kind of look at it in ABC, CBS, and NBC. Some of their shows when it comes to drama are definitely... <laughs> forgotten yeah yeah to me this feels like it was a critics choice award because like all the critically acclaimed shows were Mm -hmm. winning emmys and uh, i was surprised by that very surprised i I mean you had louis anderson win for baskets which was a crazy crazy uh critically acclaimed show um and do i forget louis anderson is in you know if you don't watch baskets you would forget that he was still doing things because once life of louis ended for me you know it was kind of a attention gap for that (laughs) uh what about um last week tonight like oh man Writing, writing for a variety series. Dude, I, um, John Oliver is dope. Yeah, you know, we, we kind of carry the... We, we love that show. We carry the mantle for that one that we're always talking <laughs> I'll about. I'll for it. It's pretty yeah, good. I mean, the way he does it is so to the point. And since Stephen Colbert has moved to the night the nightly show, and I don't think it necessarily is the punch with... with basically with Daly, John mm-hmm. Daly's seven down, and with um, Stephen Colbert's there seven down, there's definitely a gap. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying I don't like, like Trevor Noah. Do I think he is the, you know, the same as the Daily Show? No. But I think I still I, watch it. I'm not saying it's bad. I, there was, dude, Trevor Noah hits the nail on the head sometimes. Uh-huh. The way that John Oliver, or not John Oliver, but the way that Daly did. But I don't think he does it. The, every, it's consistently. I would say that. I agree. And I agree. Also, he, he's early though. Maybe yeah. he'll grow into it. And also, I mean, there's something to be said for how politically invested he, uh, you know, John is in uh-huh. in, in, in the in country. The, you know, as opposed to someone coming from an international background. You know, I feel like. You know, the Daily Show, the one thing that he had was he loves this country so much that he gets insanely frustrated yeah, by it. You could, and you can see out. it, man. Yeah. You can see it coming out of space sometimes when he's talking. He has to come back. They have to yeah. get him back on some channel, some network, something. Are you, uh, I'm, I'm sure you're happy about Key and Peele. See that they won. I saw that. I, I'm happy series. for them. Um, yeah. they're, they're getting notoriety for it already, but to have that award to, to lock it in. It validates it. I mean, it was a good show. We're, mm. we're both fans of it. One that you talked about, um, which is also kind of a nod to some of the networks that maybe not everyone watches, not a ne- major network, but uh, Orphan Black. Yep. I haven't watched that show, but you were, you were super excited that she won. Yeah. So uh, sh- The chick acts in 10 different roles in this show. She's 10 different characters in the, in the show. It's about clones. Mm-hmm. Um, and So I'm did like, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, but she does it. It's in a, a drama, it's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> not not a not a slapstick comedy. She does it in a drama and she kills it. She she plays a soccer mom. She plays one that's like her normal self. Mm-hmm. Soccer mom, science nerd, uh, police officer, and and almost seamlessly between scenes where she's acting with herself. I, I'm surprised it took yeah. this long. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite uh, actors out right now is Ben uh, Mendelsohn, and he wasn't there to receive his award, which is cool because he's in. He's actually the bad guy in the new Rogue One movie. Oh, okay. Um, he is in Bloodline, which isn't one of my favorite shows. I've watched Bloodline. I started watching it and just kind of. Bloodline stopped. is it, Bloodline is <laughs> so I think I think it was something like five hundred um, like originally written TV shows came out this you know this year. Five hundred. Like, I think five hundred. I think there was a Metacritic score or not Metacritic like statistic that said like four hundred ninety or something like that shows came out this year, and Jeez. so in that wealth of things there are going to be quite a bit in the middle mm-hmm. and i feel like bloodline is one of those that didn't quite like it doesn't quite like make you say this is the best show on tv all the time but there are people like ben mendelson and other people that in that show that do really well in that show that make it better than i would say below average it's not fear the walking dead uh-huh. it's not something i begrudgingly watch because i hope that it ties to the show that's really good you always got to take a jab at fear i mean it's dude, it kills me man. there's certain people that just need to be not there's some TV. people that need to die in that show let me pick them but uh, no, he's a great actor. Um, he's in the new Rogue One movie. He's he was in a couple of other movies. Like it was he was in this uh, Jude Law movie about when they were trying to get gold from the I think it's like Black Sea or something like uh-huh. that where they go to try to get gold. Yeah, yeah, that's right. um, he's been in he's been in things and he is great in that TV show. I the, like the second season. He's not even alive in the show, but he's in it. Oh, because he like there he's like talking with his brother. Billy's dead. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the show. But um, great show, great character. I was I'm ex- I was happy. A couple of my awards, like people that I ride for, Remy Malik, yeah, him, pe- pe- the and, underdogs of, yeah. of, of non-network TV, yeah, definitely stepped it up in this Emmy. And the non-underdog, which is uh, Veep, uh, Louis, Louis Dreyfus. I'm still in season one of that. Yeah, I, I find myself watching it here and there at work. I just haven't 
binged on it. I have all, I have a couple of the seasons downloaded. Though. I kind of gave up on it uh, mid or beginning of season four. I just kind of got bored for some reason and just completely threw it away. And then someone told me like you should make it through the middle of that season. It gets really and good. Get and I picked season. it back up. And then I flew through four and five. I was like, oh my gosh, this show's great. And uh, I think she's won. She's won like five Emmys really? for com- comedy. I, they, they love her. And she just might be the most charming person in the world. I don't know. But <laughs> she's great on TV. And I think yeah. she talked about like, I think in her totally. speech she even said like, I, I apologize for ruining politics in America or something like that. Because now, now because what she does on that show and what we've seen on so many shows like House of Cards and stuff like that are so uh-huh. extreme, people aren't surprised by what Trump's doing. No, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it, like, it's I've been watching norm. this every day. So. Finally, you guys caught up with TV. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a dope Emmy season, um, Emmy award show, and then award season in general should be pretty fun. Mm. Uh, what do we got next? Golden Globes or something? Yeah, I think Golden Globes. And then after the beginning of the year, I think they do the Academy Awards. Yeah. Do which, I don't know if you watch some of the movie trailers coming out for around Christmas time. It looks good. Do they, will they count? Yeah, yeah it, it goes up to the end of the year. 31st? Yeah, to oh, the 31st of December. That's why they do it after yeah. the first of the year. That's why, like, there's this lull in between, like, summer blockbuster movies. Like, August and September are normally, like, miserable for yeah. movies. And, and then, like, end of September, like, end of September through the winter, you start getting your movies that are really trying to win awards and stuff like that. Yeah. I think there's, like, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen five trailers for movies coming out on Christmas that I want to see. So it just, you know, you just might just have to accept we're going to be at the movies for a few days. It'll be hopping. Definitely, um, Fourth quarter is always a killer season because, like you say, you want to get in awards consideration mm-hmm. um, for movies that you made two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but enough about the Emmys. Uh, what else do we have for for them today on Masters of Better? I think uh, oh. the last thing, which might be the most hilarious thing this that happened. Ca- this kind of played out in Tampa a little bit. Yeah, uh, it did your, right here in eight one three. Your boy Kid Cudi kind of lost his mind for a second there. He, you know what's funny is I would, I would, I'm not even ashamed to call him my boy except for his last album because you that know usually, normally when someone calls someone your boy it's because You're they did something it. stupid. But that last <laughs> album was garbage. I, I'm sorry. Like I know, I know. There's a and lot of kids. Kind of, I listened to the whole thing. But I, I mean, listen, like you listen to rock. It was yeah. like a metal rock. Yeah, it was weird. I, yeah, I don't man. know what the hell. It was. I thought what's crazy is he deals with depression, man. So I thought it was a slight to yay because if you signed to someone and you have to put out an album. Like, you know, to get out of your contract, and yeah. you give them, like, well, I'm giving you bullshit so it doesn't sell. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. You can give them the Frank Ocean, like, releasing a garbage <laughs> album to get out of it so I, you can yeah. release your second album the day I, after it. Drake did it, too, with um, the other album he dropped. Did that get him out of his contract with Young Money? It put him one album closer. So he should be out of it now, I think. Okay. I think he was two albums short. Uh, what's the one with the words on the front? If you're reading this, it's too late. Yeah. I thought that was just, like, a am just going to throw some shit together. Make it kind of cool. Mm. And then this last album, which was views. According to Kid Cudi, that might be all he's doing. Because so- Kid Cudi took a... I mean, so what's interesting to me is that this year has been the year for calling out people for having a ghostwriter. And I mean, the, by <laughs> the people, I mean Drake. It was more interesting to me that he said Kanye because, I mean, you might have heard this before me, but I haven't heard a lot of people talk about Kanye using a ghostwriter. And he's someone with intimate knowledge because he's done songs with Kanye. He would be one of the ghostwriters. Yeah. Yeah. I always and is that what he was saying? Was I've been a ghostwriter or I do things? I, I always have an issue with this ghostwriter concept because for one, I'm from the era where you write your own shit. Mm-hmm. I know how to freestyle. I know how to write. Write your own shit. It's you. That's what rap is about. It's about your voice and what you have to say. Now, with that being said, if we're talking about song creation, are you a ghostwriter? If you say you write a hook for me, mm-hmm. uh, you being a singer, if you write a hook for me and then I put my lyrics to it. Yeah. Are you my ghostwriter? Yeah. Or you could be like, you know, other artists. You know, I'm not trying to turn a dog, but like a lot of Beyonce songs are not written by Beyonce. No, they're written by, they're written by, they're written by like Sia and stuff like that. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of our singers don't write their own music. No. Um, but singers get a pass on that because that's that industry is passed some people. Way. I think everybody gets a pass for using writers. No, I'm not saying using writers. I'm saying like you. a lot of the pop artists, I feel like other than a select few... All of their songs are written by other people. You know, you have other, like, I'm not saying write in collaboration with. I mean, no, no, have no. someone write a song and give it yeah. to them and say, You sing wrote it. a song. Oh, thank you. This is interesting and I'm going to sing it. Yeah. Everyone does, though. No, but I don't, I think that, I don't know. I don't think everyone does, does do that. Unless you're a singer songwriter, like your Sia's, your Neo's, and Adele's. Yeah, Adele's. 
I think Adele even writes well, 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 Adele even, worked well, with Twenty One Pilots on some songs. Yes, but Adele and Pink are people that work with a writer and write the song together. Yes. So they might come with a melody, and then you work on the lyrics together. Yes. That I feel like is more admirable than someone just hand. Like, although I will say a lot of the big artists that you know from the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties that we love mm-hmm. had a lot of people like some of Elvis's biggest songs. Dolly Parton wrote like twenty True. years or ten years before, and like here have the song, whatever. Well, I'll say this: I th- I personally. Give singers a pass. If you're a singer and you use someone else's song, I don't call that ghostwriting. I don't look at you any less. I do give more props to the people who write their own songs, but I don't look at the people who don't as less. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you're still, you could be a good singer having people write for you. You're not a singer-songwriter, though. That's a different category. Mm-hmm. It's the same, like, being a producer. So is there a rap, rap, rapper, writer, and just rap? Or, what, like, so why? Yes. What, you think in, there is? You think In rap, you should write your own shit? Mm-hmm. Because... What about hip? I mean, hip hop. Is- Rap and hip hop, same thing. It, if you're doing it in a format where you're rhyming over beats, yeah, which is essentially what rap is, you're not singing. We're not talking about harmonies, melodies, and all that shit. I think you should write your own shit because it's your voice. The basis of what this thing started as was people getting together in a park, freestyling about the stuff that was happening. Yeah. Eventually, that grew into a monetary business where people are writing and creating songs. But to me. I do look at rappers less than who don't write their own shit. Unless we're just talking about hooks. Writing, that's what I said. I don't think they're, I don't think the people are talking about The creation of a song hooks, is though. one thing, but if you're writing my lyrics for me, like how yeah. Jay-Z... Uh, for Andre 3000 to call someone else, I don't think they're talking about songs. No. I, when when Dre says it, when um, Kick, not Kick Cudi, Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. when those guys say it, I I know what they're talking about. They're talking about people writing their lyrics. And that's, yeah. that's super whack to me. Yeah. Who are you to write for me how, how I felt in a moment? No, and that's that, so that, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> and who about to like rap it? So with what you're talking about, singer songwriter, I would say this: if we're just talking about these two people, if we're just talking about Drake and Kanye. Uh-huh. Drake gets a pass quicker for me because he's a singer. Because a lot of his stuff is singing, and I, a lot of his newer stuff is singer based, and because a lot of what are the songs he's doing are like party songs. They're not like deep emotional songs where he's yeah. talking about you know movements going on in the culture he's not talking about black lives matter he's he not talking does. about racial stuff he is basically the michael jordan of music right now he's Good trying to win championships he's not trying to make a movement yeah kanye on the other hand i would not give the pass because kanye is someone that is claiming to be a revolutionary a he political is. leader a political guys a black leader in the community uh. <laughs> and if he is using a ghostwriter, and they're not, and is. they are not writing his lyric or his his hooks, they're writing his actual lyrics. And Kid Cudi is that one of them. That might be bullshit. It, I, what I'm saying is, if it's true, no, no, I'm saying bullshit. Like for Ye, yeah, I, I would, I would, it would knock him down a peg to me. Yeah, he's one of my favorite artists. Has been from the beginning. Yeah, uh, this full rapping in our ears right now is kind of bothering me. I'm trying to talk over uh, Young Thug. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of. <laughs> yeah, speaking of bullshit. No, but it, to, to have someone write for you is just, it, to me, I would look down on you because, like, when Ye spit bars, like, um, his college dropout album, there's no way anybody wrote any of that no. for him because he's talking about personal stuff. Yeah. Uh, albums two and three, I think same thing. When you get to four, when you get to past 808s, uh, into uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, I could see. Could you see Arguably how people could write that for him because none of that was personal yeah except for maybe runaway well what about that song um that there's runaway there's uh what's the song that he performed at the vmas where he's like um power uh no where he's talking about um ah, i'm an asshole um like i'm screw up like he's basically like playing. He just he played it. Let's run away. Let's run away. Yeah. Okay. Look right. at you. Look, 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 yeah, yeah. look at. Let's have a toast. So there are some bags. songs on that album. Yeah. There are some songs in the albums that have come since where you can definitely see a darker side of a person. Mm-hmm. And let's say it was um, Kid Cudi that was writing a lot of it. It wouldn't be a stretch for me to think that because that was an because emotional of side of Kanye <laughs> that you hadn't seen until yeah. maybe he used a ghostwriter mm-hmm. because. Kid Cudi's mad emo. He's always been emo and, and, and hella And depressed. also, Kid Cudi's been complaining that um, Kanye wouldn't let him release certain albums, and then Kanye then released albums that sounded a lot like what he wouldn't let him release hmm. on his label. So there's like this beef has been going on for a long time. I didn't think Kid Cudi was under his label anymore because Kid Cudi keeps talking about how much he hates Kanye. Yeah, but I think part of that is because he got kicked off the label. Mm-hmm. But being kicked off the label means that we're not going to support you. Doesn't mean you're out of your contract. It's not the NFL if they cut you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Diddy's done it to a lot of people where, okay, you aren't successful, we're done. Yeah, but can I get out of my contract? No, 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 that's mine. <laughs> yeah. You have to fulfill the terms of your contract in order to get out of this, so fuck you. That, okay. That's kind of where the Diddy fuckover comes in at. It depends on the terms of the contract, which no one knows. I personally think... I, I think Kid Cudi released the, that last album just on some fuck you shit. Like, I think Lil Wayne did a similar thing. He put out a Not A Human 2 or something just to fulfill... Because most contracts have... He's a, still in his contract, though, with Young yeah, Money. Though, yeah, right? he's stuck in it. And they won't release anything else. So that's why people are saying Free Wheezy. Because they want cash money to let him go. Yeah, he's got two albums left, right? I believe so. The label the label has a, the ability to say, okay, we're done. And let it go and dissolve it. But also, why would they do that? They know he's going to sell a shit ton. Yeah. So that... If they could have their hand in that money, even if they're not in agreement with the artists, it's, it's an interesting. It's a shitty position for the artists. It's and an interesting position for the labels. Well, it's an interesting thing. For me, it's an interesting thing to look at what the climate is right now. And it is people wanting to get out of their contracts because the old, what's the old adage that, I mean, we've seen it in movies and everything like that. For every like every album you sell, you make a dollar. Uh-huh. So like every Less, $10, I think it's pennies like. on a dollar. Well, so like the best contract that you can get, like Beyonce, that other like big artists get is like out of ten you make one, you yeah. make a tenth. So I think what they're seeing is, oh, I can do that. Why don't I just get out of my contract, be recorded on my own now that I've made money, release it through Apple Music, and I can make the same percentage, yeah, and or I can make more of a percentage. You know what I mean? If you think about it, it's a it's a smart move, and the market itself kind of shifted to this because if you think about in the nineties, ninety five to say. 2005 you didn't have the ability to self-promote you mm-hmm. had to go through radio you had to have distribution with a major label you had to be put on all the major shows 106 and parks and mtvs and all that and the labels had control over all that now that shit doesn't matter because youtube because spotify because of apple, apple music, music and all these independent distrib- distribution sources you don't have to press an album up an actual cd and have it placed in target mm-hmm. actually that that's almost counterproductive. You're wasting money pressing it up, having it shipped, and then having it held in a store that no one's going to go to to buy it. Yeah. I go to Spotify for my shit. You go to Apple Music, I download it digitally. So with that climate shift in the market, kind of like um, kind of like what happened with TV and movies where Redbox just popped up, put Blockbuster out of business. Like, oh, this is more convenient. And now streaming services like Netflix and- are further putting like Redbox out of business. Uh, because we're going to uh, yeah, I haven't on been demand. to Redbox in over a year. There's no need to, but we're going to an on-demand world where we can get things that right on our computer, right on our laptop, right on our cell phone immediately. So with that being done, the music industry is like, we can record like we're recording this podcast. I'm going to upload it digitally, and it's going to be available to everybody who subscribes or follows us. If you would like a CD of our <laughs> podcast, so we can get <laughs> we that can, for we you. can press we it can up for you. for you. But it's but, a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> just download it digitally. I think you'll you you know keeping an MP4 file on your computer or on your hard drive. Is a lot simpler than having those old CD books. Mm-hmm. So, yes. and the record companies are fighting against this. I know that after the Frank Ocean thing, Sony like <sighs> went hard against it because they were like they're fighting it because it's the death of their industry. It is the death of their industry, but at the same time, like I said, with the Uber and the cabs, mm-hmm. when you see something that looks like there. it can kill your industry, you adapt or you die. It's a little bit on them that they didn't see this coming. It's kind of like no, it, they saw it coming. They're so arrogant to believe that they could beat it. Yeah. But and you can't beat you it can't. by it. You can't. There's no way. Like, after Napster, people should, like, record companies should have been aware that, yes, we won this battle with Napster, we ended Napster. We, we have to This is only the beginning because mm-hmm. technology is only going to get better. And I feel like, like you said, there's a lot of slow, there's a lot of gigantic companies that are, you know, just hard. They can't move. It's hard for them to move. There's yeah. checks and balances and phases and decisions they have to make. And they just, I don't know, man, It's it sucks. It, it can happen to anybody, any company, and it's just crazy and that every, they don't if, adapt. If you own a business in an industry, you should be aware of the fact that the industry can change and put you out of business. Mm-hmm. That's why you have to stay up on your toes, up on the newest and latest thing. And the fact that labels don't want to do that, how how dare a Universal or a Warner Brother music group allow Apple Music to pop up on the scene? You should have put two and two together. Like, wait a minute. iTunes is a thing. More people buy iPhones than any other thing. Mm-hmm. out maybe we should do something about this now because this this seems like the next logical step would be for apple to say oh yeah we got music too and put you the fuck out of business how yeah. did you not see that i mean that's your sole job is to continue to make your own yeah. money it, it just it's weird to me it's like like i cook for my girl if that's my main job and i all of a sudden see that like she's getting like gourmet meals at work oh shit i need to adapt because mm-hmm. i need to start taking my food to her at work or something because yeah you're gonna. It's it's just the next logical step. 
like I said, iTunes are one of the most purchased things ever. And iTunes exists on all phones. Therefore, that next... Apple Music was just a foregone conclusion. They're yeah, trying it, to become a label, by the it, way. It, They're what, signing people. I'm trying to think of one way where they could. But the thing is, like, the accessibility to it... And I know you said you use Spotify. There are albums I do buy, though. Like, I buy, like, a, the whole album and put it on my phone. And um, it's only, like... There, like I said, there's a select few albums that I will go outside of my streaming service to actually buy and put on my phone just because I want them with me at all times. And that's just something like I want to run to. And, I, and if I don't have Internet, like if one day the, the whole Internet, like a, 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 what's it called, like a EMP, EMP goes off yeah. and just blows out the Internet. I want to be able to turn this phone on one day and still have that. these albums. And I, for some reason, I'm like that. Like I just want the accessibility to it all the time. I have uh, every J. Cole song nice. album on there. I have every Twenty One Pilots album on there. Dope. I have a couple of al- like Christian albums from like my childhood, like from like early nineties okay. that I really like. I have um, YouTube. <laughs> I have YouTube's Joshua Tree on there. Oh, nice. I have. I, like um, I have Kendrick Lamar's last three albums on there, and I think I have Eminem's. Uh, oh, I have uh, Random one. MMLP. Yeah, two? I have. I have uh, two Eminem albums on there. I can't remember them right now. Random one though is Machine Gun Kelly's Alpha and Omega is on there because I accidentally bought, bought it. it instead of <laughs> downloading it. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so interesting thing with that. I, being that I'm a Joy user, I don't have access to iTunes on my phone. Uh-huh. I don't even know where I would go to buy music to have it on my phone, except for this one caveat. If I actually go buy the album, put it on my Windows Media Player, then I could put it on my phone. I just download it from that iTunes store. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think I have an iTunes account. You should probably get one of those. I don't know. I have one for Shift of Vision Media. I have to think about that. But it's just, it's almost like that's out of sight, out of mind to me. But we go in a room, I have about 10 albums purchased, like the the actual CD. Mm-hmm. And I just keep it in there for, like, I have the the Lupe um, Food and Liquor. I have Food and Liquor 2, the, the Great American Rap album. Mm-hmm. Just certain ones you got to purchase. He's my favorite oh. artist. I have MGK Lace Up. I have in there. AT Aliens by Outcast. Dopeness. Super dope album. Uh, so th- there's ones that I have, and I actually purchase them, and they're on my media player, and I just put them on my phone. Or I could just download it and just keep it on my phone, but that's kind of robbing the artist. Yeah. I won't rob Lupe like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough talk about that. Very um, interesting uh, points of view there. Kid Cudi, man, we didn't even actually say what he said. <laughs> he pretty much shit on Kanye about being a fake person and being industry, and Ye responded when he was in Tampa. Yeah. Uh, Screamed at him. All right, on his floating stage. Uh, counterpoint, which you could imagine with something like, who the fuck are you, Kid Cudi? I'm going to expose you, da-da-da. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. A uh, Part of that is a little bit of industry beef. He took a shot at him for his uh, mental state, too, about him going through depression. Which, That's a tough one. Which it, we're, it reminds me of certain people we, we just discussed whenever they can't really, when they get so upset because you actually hit a nerve, yeah. that they can't think of a comeback, they just say the meanest uh, thing that they can think. Truth like, bomb. Screw your mouth. Like, <laughs> what, what the hell? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's very interesting. Um because another thing that Don brought up in the, in our chat, Kid Cudi was at Ye's album release party. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck happened for them to break up as a, as label mates, come back together for the release party, and then be beefing within two weeks of that, mm-hmm. or within however long Pablo been out? Maybe it was in the contract that he had to be there. Oh, I like I don't out. have to support any of your albums, but you damn sure have to be at all mine. They show up drunk and just have fun because yeah. there's a picture of him with his arm around Ye, and they're like like turning up, like having fun. Yeah. So I'm really wondering what's going on there behind the scenes. Something he could have just been doing it because he's going to release an album soon, and it gets you more publicity, like the old uh, Fifty Cent way of hyping an album before it comes out. Let me start a beef right before my album comes out, get publicity. Some Cut his album's about to come out, right? I think it is. I think and and, and it's still on good music. music. Yeah. <laughs> this shit's all a scam. How ironic, or is the word irony? I don't know what it, uh, meta, whatever you want to call it. That Kid Cudi would diss Yay about being fake in industry in an attempt to promote his album being. In the industry, yeah, that's. I just hope, I just can't wait till you know we get our beef going with Childish Gambino before he releases his album. <laughs> Who? Who's beefing with him? <laughs> no, us. We got Division with Media. We're gonna start a beef to get him to release his album. <laughs> hey man, he's been waiting for years. <laughs> I, 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 that's JM. That had nothing to do with me. I would never beef with with, uh, with my man's. Uh, Atlanta was dope last night, but we're getting digressed. Uh, we're getting off our point. We should digress. Uh, anything else you want to talk about this week? Nope, I think we're good. I think this is, uh, we'll wrap it up for week eight. Well, join us again next week for another Masters of Banter. Join in the banter online at shiftdivisionmedia.com. It's where you can find all our social media. All right, this is it for week eight. Masters of Banter, more consistently together than Bradgelina at this point. Blah, blah, blah. See you. <laughs>